Hey, this is Vanessa. I'm the Prevention Services Coordinator at King County Sexual Assault Resource Center, or KSARC. This is Building Resilience, a project with the purpose of equipping people with what they need to end sexual violence. So I'm recording this in the summer of 2021. It's a strange time of awful climate chaos, continued uncertainty around COVID-19, and economic instability for millions of people globally. Unfortunately, through all of this, sexual assault is still impacting people's lives. This past year, I experienced something really interesting. I had a handful of local schools reaching out to me with stories of how sexual violence was a huge conversation among their students. I was hearing the same story so many times. Students were frustrated with their school's seeming lack of response to sexual violence among their students and to the lack of support for survivors. Students were fed up and a lot of school faculty were at a loss of what to do. While yes, there are certainly individuals out there who do not understand that sexual violence is such a pervasive issue as it is, I should mention that there are also so many other factors at play, including legal considerations and the rights of both student victims and students who commit sexual violence, legal requirements of schools and school staff, and the fact that schools are tasked with handling a lot, especially during the pandemic. However, I think we can all agree that student survivors deserve to be heard, to be safe, and to be cared for and all young people should have access to safe information and conversations about healthy relationships, healthy sexuality, and healthy identity. It's not just on our schools, it's on our larger society too. This year, I had the honor of working with West Seattle High School's Intersectional Feminism Club, whose members are dedicated to ensuring that change was gonna happen at their school. I invited three alumni of the club to speak with me today about their efforts, what they learned along the way, and messages for those who are doing the hard work of ending sexual violence. Uh, My name is Patel Tadessa, and I am, well, I was the president of West Seattle High School's Intersectional Feminist Club for three years, and I've been involved in it for all four years of high school. Um, I'm now going to college in New York City, um, I'm really excited for that, and I'm excited to be here today. Um, but yeah, I was involved in a project at my school led by the Feminist Club to change the culture around sexual assault um, and to better support survivors, which we started, I think, fall of 2020. Um, yeah, so my name is Carson. My pronouns are she, her. I was the um, secretary of Intersectional Feminist Club, and I was also a lead on the project surrounding sexual assault. I was a part of the the Intersectional Feminist Club for like two and a half years, um, and I am going to be a freshman at UW. All right. Hi, my name is Olivia Eford. I use she, her pronouns, and... I was also part of Intersectional Feminist Club at West Seattle. I helped lead the Sexual Assault Project um, this past year, which was really important to me. I will be attending the University of Southern California in the fall this year, and I'm really excited to go to college. Awesome. Thank you all, and congrats again on graduating. Um, I'm really excited for your future communities to have you and your wealth of knowledge um, at them, contributing to them. Um, so can you tell us a bit about um, the West Seattle High School's Intersectional Feminism Club and the work that you all did? Um, what, what did that look like? Yeah, so the West Seattle High School Intersectional Feminist Club was basically a club where initially we would just like discuss um, topics that we thought were, I don't know, relevant to us. So we talked about the Equal Rights Amendment, we talked about 
um, tampon taxes. We talked about a lot of different, um, I guess, topics. Um, and I think after a while we realized like, hey, talking about these things is great, but, and like having an open space for people to, to discuss is great, but maybe we should be um, taking action if these things upset us so much. So we definitely got involved and our first, I guess, project that we um, followed through on was um, getting involved with, I think it's like, I, I forget the name of the tax specifically, but the tax on pads and tampons and helping remove that in Washington state. So we held a pad and tampon drive that year as well. And we got involved with a bunch of local organizations in um, emailing senator, emailing our representatives and um, just constant like outreach to remove the tax. And after we did that, we felt really like accomplished and proud that we were able to get rid of the tax and really inspired by the people we worked with, um, which we worked with Washington for menstrual equity. And we also worked with, I think it was just Washington for menstrual equity um, for the first time around, but we were very inspired and we decided to address another issue which we cared about, um, which specifically also was prevalent at our school, um, which was sexual assault and how a lot of people and a lot of our peers were suffering from it and the school was not doing enough. So we got involved. Um, I know Carson reached out to you um, Vanessa and we kind of made a plan on what we wanted to see change and we acted on that plan and tried to um, make a better and supportive community at our school so we held different webinars we changed the handbook and various things such as that and just like raised the awareness at our school um, so yeah those are like our two big projects and we also got involved with Generation Ratify, which is a group to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. So anything we kind of talked about that we were upset about, we try to get involved in and make an impact. Yes, that was super comprehensive. Um, also really cool that you all put, um, I guess, passion and your drive into action um, because, you know, a lot of people might have these conversations, but really like that's the first step um, in really enacting sort of change um, at different levels. So um, thank you for all the work that you did. That's, that's super cool. Yeah, so I'm really glad that you all got connected to KSARC and you kind of mentioned a bit about what led you to really focus on, you know, one of your missions, I guess, this past year being on raising awareness and response to sexual assault. Um, but I guess what, what led you to lead out to KSARC specifically? Yeah, so I can answer this question. Um, so when we started this project, kind of the first thing we looked at was our school's handbook, which has like its Title IX policies and also policies towards like bullying and harassment and sexual assault usually um, goes under there. And so when we looked at like the policies around sexual assault, they were very vague. They didn't have a lot of content, and we knew that that was kind of bad. But we, our second thought was that we needed to talk to a professional because we could tell they weren't great policies, but we didn't know like what exactly would improve them. And so I'm going to be really honest. I googled you know sexual assault professionals, therapists, 
Well, first thing that shows up is case art, which is great because you guys were awesome and nothing for us that popped up for like just looking at KSARC's website, I think a lot of people get referred to KSARC because it's like the big sexual assault resource center. And you guys had a lot of hotlines and resources available, but you also had like education and prevention methods, which is kind of what we were looking for. Um, because I think there's like two, two big ways to deal with the sexual assault culture. And one is prevention, but another is resources for survivors. And I think that was something that was really beneficial that you guys have been doing. So. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that you got connected to us. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think it definitely does suck that it does take some research to find um, resources and organizations, right? Like, I, I think what I hear from a lot of folks is like, we don't know about KSARC or other agencies until we need it, right? Um, so I think, you know, one thing that was really cool about your work is trying to just um, make sure that other people were aware of services and resources available to them as well. And I do have to say, I was like really kind of impressed that you were able to, it, like in one of the initial meetings I think that we had with your school was you really pushed for and called for the school to provide different sorts of, I guess, responses to sexual assault, right? Um, such as I remember, you know, like doing training for teachers, holding like a workshop for parent education, and then also working with students. And that was really cool in that like, you know, you were really asking for these things. Um, and I'm sure it was not easy to get, but um, I think that was really cool that you were able to, you know, hold your school accountable for those different sorts of things. You all mentioned that sexual violence is prevalent in your high school. And of course, it's not just West Seattle High School. It's, it's all high schools. What needs at your school was your group trying to help with? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the past few years, um, especially with the Me Too movement, getting a lot of uh, media and attention, a lot of people have been coming out on social media and sharing their stories of sexual assault and violence. And a lot of the people, when they're sharing their stories, they say how they weren't aware that they were assaulted at the time and they didn't know what to do after the fact. So we were kind of trying to respond to these stories to ensure like our school could help prevent sexual assault as well as like cultivate an environment that is safe and responsive to survivors' needs. Um, so we believe that like high schools have the role of educating students and it's their job to teach students about consent, sexual assault, and violence prevention. And unfortunately, most schools have a one-day consent lesson and the students uh, mm -hmm. freshman year health class. And we just don't believe that's enough to uh, reinforce this information to students. So we think it needs to happen at least once a year, if not even more throughout high school and in middle school and in elementary school, um, to be honest. So we taught a lesson this past year on consent. We held a webinar and we got over 50 questions from students at our own school, just really curious about the topic. And a lot of them didn't know um, like the laws regard in regards to consent and just tons of things like just people were unaware, um, which is concerning. So we were happy that we had a webinar on it. So we think it's like the school's job um, to create a space for students to ask questions, but also continuously remind students on consent laws and what it does and does not look like. Um, in response to violence, it is ultimately the school's role to keep a survivor safe. So schools should respond to violence by letting the survivor you know, lead the way for how they want to be treated. And we think that schools need to be lenient and informed on how trauma affects survivors because the survivor's need can differ based on like the person. And um, 
we want schools to make accommodations for survivors. So that can look like if there's an alleged perpetrator who has a class with the survivor, they can change the perpetrator's class schedule. Or schools can make resources such as contacts to a trauma center or a place like KSARC um, that are readily available and given out anonymously and freely so like someone doesn't have to mandatory or someone does not have to report if they don't want to because a lot of school staff are required to because they're mandatory reporters. Awesome. Yes, I I completely agree. And um, I feel like a lot of the things that you brought up, Olivia, are things that a lot of students in general and especially student survivors aren't aware of, right? Like that they have rights to accommodations that they, um, if they tell a teacher or school staff, they are required to report it. Um, so, you know, all of that information needs to be much more readily available to students, um, especially earlier on too. So what have been some roadblocks that you all have encountered in implementing um, all of the work that you've done at your school around sexual assault? Um, yeah. Okay. So I think this year specifically and specifically with the sexual assault project and changing our school's handbook, I think the biggest roadblock and kind of like a slowdown was having to like go through the bureaucracy. Like for every little thing we did, we had to um, check it with uh, the club. Um, what was it? Uh, like sponsor because you know school clubs they have like one teacher that's like the, the teacher that you go to. We had to check with him, and then we had to check with um, the school's administration, and then they had us check with. The Title Nine team um, at the district, which is downtown, and so all of this because of COVID was done through emails. So there's just thousands and thousands of emails, and they can get really confusing. Um, and you know things can be miscommunicated over email, and so that having to go through all of that for every single change was kind of a lot, and it was definitely a slowdown. And then. Not necessarily related to this project, but as a club in general, we've had like some really not cool like pushback from like our peers, even mostly um, boys who think that they're being really funny. But you know, running around person, we've had people that come to club meetings with the sole intention of like making fun and being disrespectful, and that is always like really disheartening. Like, you know, Usual questions, not questions, but like statements about how like feminism like, isn't necessary, it's not like a real thing, or like women have equal rights. And like, it's very, it was very like disheartening at the time, but also at the same time, it was kind of like inspiring to like keep doing our work and like pushing back and providing education that like proves them wrong, you know? Um, I would say, just to add on, like, the process was kind of disheartening, where it's, like, having to jump through a lot of different bureaucratic, I guess, like, loopholes, um, which I feel like the process was made difficult kind of on purpose to discourage us from taking on this um, project, but... One thing that I will say is that if you want to start this project at your school and you find that you're having to email all these people, get your presentation checked like five times before you can actually present it um, and have like the tiniest things be like 
picked at and, you know, chewed over, I would just say, you know, don't let that discourage you from, like, you know, continuing this project. I think it's important to remember who this project will be serving and who you'll be benefiting by continuing. Um, and that's kind of what helped us, I think, and ultimately, even after, like, late nights emailing people and editing things is just remembering that this will definitely be beneficial for the people who, who view it. And also Carson said that um, earlier that we had like haters from our like underclassmen or whatever coming to our club and um, you know being disrespectful. And I th that happened mostly the year before we started this project. And one thing that I kind of noticed is that that, I guess, those actions that happened um, where people would come and harass us for being feminists, I think it gave our club like a bad rap that we had to kind of fight against um, and to kind of gain respect by people at our school to do this project. Um, I don't, I, I, my advice to other people would be, you know, like, it's, if people want to be disrespectful because you're trying to, you know, benefit your community, that's on them. And, you know, regardless of your reputation, where, when you start, it's important, again, to remember, like, why are you doing this project? And if the why is, like, really important and valuable to you, just continue it, continue um, on with the project and whatever you're doing. And I think your reputation will change with that, but reputation should not be the most important thing, and that you probably will have, like, people who will be pushing against you. Um, and just like I said earlier, remember, like, who you're serving and, like, why you are doing this project in the first place. Yeah, and just to add on again, uh, I remembered a really good example of one of the roadblocks we had to get through this fall. When we were doing our first school webinar on consent, we we taught we used Fries, which is a Planned Parenthood um, acronym that they created, and I think they probably um, copyrighted and everything. But so we had like a picture of Fries on the webinar, and we were asked to take it down because it was Planned Parenthood, and Planned Parenthood is political, um, and that was just very frustrating. Um, because I'm pretty sure they copyrighted that, so we couldn't find like, another picture that was a visual for that diagram. And visual, uh, like, visual learning is important, and a lot of people will not remember the fries that we went through, they'll just remember if they were the picture. Mm -hmm. And so that was really frustrating, but like the call said, you just like push back against it, and like, it'll make your club or your project like even stronger because you have to go through all those things, and like, you kept pushing against them, so like the work will feel a little better, and um, I think the work will be stronger and like hold up because of that. Awesome! Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, I guess like you know, tips for other groups that you know are coming across these hurdles as well, because school bureaucracy um, and all that is definitely not you know, unique to you all. And the Seattle Public School District is huge. So I'm sure there's so much red tape that you had to go through. But it is such a good reminder to, you know, others that, you know, change is not easy. And that, you know, if it's really important to you, then, you know, you just got to keep pushing as 
as disheartening as it can be at times. Um, and I'm so sorry that you had to deal with like other students that were harassing you. And especially with the name, you know, intersectional feminism, um, that definitely elicits reactions from folks that might not be fully aware um, or make assumptions about what feminism is. Um, so is there anything else that you would want the general public to hear um, about you all or the work that you did? Um, okay, so I would just, um, you know, encourage people to take action, honestly, like, I know that's kind of corny and obvious, but um, I feel, I feel especially people our age may be scared that they won't be taken seriously, or that they don't hold much power in the greater scheme of things, and choose to be apathetic because of that, but I would encourage anyone to just get started um, somewhere. I think getting started somewhere is better than complaining about how just scary or um, daunting the task at hand may seem. Uh, we went in literally not knowing anything, like we knew nothing um, and we were still able to make something out of it. And I think that that just means that if you have like a group of people who are committed and enthusiastic about something, you can make it happen. You just need to have like you yourself, you need to be focused and you need to find people who are also focused on this topic and they care about this. And, you know, if you have that, you're basically golden and you can do anything that you want. Um, and I don't know who the audience is for this podcast, but I've talked to both Ingram's Feminist Club and I believe Roosevelt's Feminist Club as well. And um, they've also been taking actions at their school centered around the issue of sexual assault. So this is like a widespread thing happening at a lot of schools at the moment. Um, and this is a student-led, you know, movement which I think is really powerful because as like disheartening as it can be, um, sometimes you can't wait for, you know, the adults in the room or whoever the authority may be to take action because maybe it's not in their best interest to invest in this issue or maybe, you know, whatever. And maybe um, they, they just may not be engaged in fighting this. And, you know, they'll put up excuses being like, oh, you know, expensive or um you know we just don't have the resources i think that um if you hear the if you hear stuff like that i think it's important to just take it on yourself because they just are not interested in helping survivors um and it's not their top priority and i think student-led activism is really powerful and it's a statement about you know the power that youth hold um and that we do hold power, especially in numbers, against people who are in authority. Um, I don't even know where this rant is going, but <laughs> if you want to get involved, get involved, get your friends involved. Um, don't wait for other people to get started. It's, it's on you if you care about it. And don't be daunted. Start small and go from there. Yeah, I kind of want to add on to Patel, uh, kind of what she was saying. Something is better than nothing. Um, even if you can't go through your school, you can always start just on your own social media or, you know, find some friends and start going to the streets and protesting or leaving 
you know, papers with resources on like buildings or something. You can always do something or get involved with an organization such as KSARC or another youth-led organization um, because at the end of the day, you could be helping someone. I think that was something for us that kind of helped us continue our project because it was a really tiring process just having to do a lot of the heavy work and surrounding sexual assault. It can be difficult, but it was so rewarding especially after our consent webinar, just having uh, so many people say thank you, but also just having people ask questions because we knew we were helping people. And that was helpful because we knew by having people ask questions and getting more informed, we were helping prevent assault. And that was like, you know, the purpose of it. And it just felt really rewarding. And I was really proud of that. Yeah. And just to, again, one last thing is ask questions like yourself and ask questions about who's in power, how the power structure works. Um, and okay, for instance, if someone, if you're talking to your principal and he says, we don't have the resources for this, ask why, like, why is this not something that the school invests in? Is this not an important issue to you all? Um, and try to learn as much as you can, understand how other people are trying to navigate this and also try to understand more about um, the topic which you are trying to change. So for instance, uh, I'm, we went in knowing nothing about sexual assault, nothing about, well, we knew a little bit about consent, but not a lot about Title IX. Um, but we asked a lot of questions until we felt comfortable enough to, re and also until we realized that, hey, no, this something is wrong here. Like, Things are not being done as they should be done. But you're not going to, you know, be able to make an impact if you don't really ask questions and try to find out as much as you can about what even needs to change. Um, and I'm also super excited to say that, like, because of you all, um, you know, KSART got connected with one of the middle schools that feeds into your school. And um, through that connection, we're, we're going to be doing, you know, ongoing violence prevention education next year um, for sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And teachers are going to get trained. Um, and I, you know, anecdotally from students at that school, um, this work is really needed. Yeah, y'all. Y'all have definitely, you know, brought that to fruition as well. So hopefully, you know, because of because of your efforts, students will be able to move into, you know, West Seattle High School with more of an understanding of like what healthy relationships, consent and healthy sexuality look like so that, you know, future violence can be prevented. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it's really cool to be able to do this work sooner, right? People shouldn't have to go to high school to hear the word consent for the first time. Lastly, um, I wanted to leave you all with the space to share any like tangible takeaways that you have with listeners. Yeah, um, I can start. So if you're a student and you're looking for, or even a teacher or parent and you're looking for a place to start with this, I would say look at your school's resources. So what we did was we looked at our school's handbook and we looked for the Title IX section which is, you know, the policy schools use in regard to sexual assault. And just see if there are, like, resources listed for survivors or any guidelines for support um, if they have been assaulted. And if there isn't really anything or the information is not clear, um, take it upon yourself to contact your school and try to change the handbook so there is at least one place for students to go to for guidance um, without having to report their experience. 
because as I mentioned earlier, school staff, they are all mandatory reporters. So if you go to them and talk about assault, it will be reported to the school, which is a process that, you know, survivors might not want to go through. So having those resources already there where you can anonymously go to and not have to report um, in a handbook would be an amazing thing. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. My tangible takeaway is it's kind of connected, but um, use this as a learning opportunity um, for, and just like try to learn as much as you can. And I think the most important part of learning is asking and communicating and I guess forging a community with people who um, are impacted by um, the problem at hand. So I think it's important to center survivors in your activism. Maybe they personally um, do not have the bandwidth to get involved in this, but um, it's your job and your duty to have those conversations with people and ask them, what do you want to see? Like, what is something that would benefit you? Um, and use it to learn um, and to make the changes around your school. We had a lot of conversations throughout this, and I, I think my favorite part were the different conversations that we've had. We've had con- I've had conversations with um, people who survived sexual assault, and you know them coming forward and being like, "Thank you for this um, and your work," and you know just making sure that um, I'm listening to them and like making sure that their concerns are addressed, but also talking to professionals, talking to different lawyers, and asking them, what's the process like for you? Um, So use this as an opportunity to um, talk to as many people as you can, learn as much as you can, and forge, like, it it really is kind of beautiful, like, you know, an intricate and um, really... I guess, connected relationship with a lot of different people in your community who are impacted by this in one way or another. And I mean, that w- that's just my tangible takeaway is if you gain nothing else from this, at least you've, you've gained a new perspective, which is really powerful. Yeah, so for me, I think Vital just kind of touched on this, but um, definitely like take it upon yourself to make change. But also know that like you're not going to be alone making that change. There's organizations literally for everything, um, like KSART, Generation Ratify. So don't be afraid to like reach out to those organizations for help. That's what they're there for. Um, I know when I first emailed you at KSART, I was kind of scared. I was like, I don't think I'm like qualified to write this email. Like I don't know anything. And you know, the truth is like there's no qualifications needed to write an email. Yeah. Um, and these organizations are so happy to help. So don't be afraid and don't like doubt yourself and your capabilities. Like, they will be so happy to talk to you, um, activists. That's like, I think that makes everyone happy. So yeah, just trust in your capabilities and reach out to different organizations because they will make the process so much easier. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, I can, you know, say personally, I'm really always excited to hear from people in the community. um, And I want to do anything that I can to support them, right? Like as an adult in a position of privilege, I'm just like, use me, please, to um, make sure that you all, you know, are doing 
as much as you can. Um, and I'm here to support you all. And I'm sure that so many other organizations and, you know, folks in any community are, are more than willing to help. So yeah, thank you all so much. I I'm so glad that we got connected. Um, anything else you all want to share? No, I just want to say thank you uh, to whoever's listening. And if our work can inspire you or help you in any way, that's, you know, really important to us. And thank you, Vanessa and KSARC, because you guys are doing such amazing work that is so helpful to young people and older people. And I think that it's just a good reminder that you can learn at any stage in your life and nothing is really set in stone. You can unlearn things too. So consent is very important and that's something you can learn even if you're old. Yeah, I just want to echo what Olivia said and, you know, extend my gratitude again to you, Vanessa, and to everyone at KSARC. We've met with, I would say, a couple um, sexual assault experts, and you've really stuck with us, and you've made this process really bearable, and you've helped us understand all the nuances that we were confused about, and I'm just grateful that we were able to get connected with you specifically. And you've just been like, we all really love you and appreciate you. So thank you so much. Yeah, I agree with every, everything that you two just said, but I just thank you for having us and thank you for all the work you did for us. We are eternally grateful. And you all so much for all the work that you've done, all the emotional labor, all the time you've put into this work. And I hope that the work continues to be done at West Seattle High School um, upon your graduation. So thank you to Battelle Tedessa, Olivia Eford, and Carson Drew for the content in this episode. This podcast was edited and produced by me, Vanessa Corwin of King County Sexual Assault Resource Center. Find us online at kcsarc.org, on socials at kcsarc, or email us at education at kcsarc.org. Thanks for listening.